Blog Talk Radio. is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Are you ready to make some magic? Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle 
Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Sestavani. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Tuesday, September the 25th, 2012, and you're listening to Keep It Magic. I'm Storm Sestavani, and of course, I am here with my lovely co-host, the enchanted Jackie Smith. Of course, you can... <laughs> she's got fizzle material in her nose, so she's toxic. Um, <laughs> you can reach Jackie, of course, off of the air by going to www.coventrycreations.com. Again, that's www.coventrycreations.com. To reach me off the air, of course, you can go to stormsestavani.com. Cruise on over to our show webpage, which we have new articles that will be going up at the first part of next week, so you want to check those out. That's keepitmagic.com, and that site is about to go through a makeover. I am on the web design team, so um, I know what's going to happen over there. You know? I am not. <laughs> Jackie is not on the web design team, mainly I've because well, she can always... handle her own husband. I'm on the web design team, but I'm not the designer this time, so... <laughs> Oh. Thank the Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Don't even get me going on that because I'll have to talk sa- about Satan, a.k.a. your husband. <laughs> um, and I don't want to do that on the air because I actually like Tony when he's not being Satan. <laughs> 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 of course, you can also find Jackie and I on Facebook, which is Keeping It Magic, and also at uh, Keep It Magic on uh, Twitter. Jackie. Um, Sir. Yes, sir. You have the taste of the poison paradise inside of your nose. <laughs> what is that? That's a, you didn't listen to the song, did you? Oh uh, no, I really have never listened to that song. <laughs> you have never listened to Toxic. I've never really listened to the words. I've heard it, but I've never listened to it. It's the taste of a poisoned paradise. You're toxic. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> So it uh, it's going to be interesting. Jackie is a little uh, is is a little um under the weather, um but she's uh-huh. on with us. But however, if you start to notice a deeper and sexier voice, it means <laughs> that she's been replaced. <laughs> it means her voice has completely gone out, and she can no longer do the show today. So. I'm actually I'm actually not worried about my voice. If all of a sudden I'm not responding, that means that I have muted my phone because I'm sneezing. My brain's out. Yeah, so we're going to And I promise not to blow my nose while on air. I have done a show before, Jackie, with complete laryngitis. So. Like this? No, it wasn't that bad because I was, like, quiet the whole day, which is, like, almost impossible for me. Well, because you're a reader. Hello? Yeah, I mean, it was, like, almost impossible for me to be quiet all day. And, you know, I was, like, really, really fidgety, but I was able to croak out a two-hour show. (laughs) You know, it's funny that you say that because I was just – Last week I had a meeting with a couple of folks, and we used um, Google Plus Hangout for the uh-huh. meeting um, and until one of the gals' parts failed, and then um, we just went old school and got on the phone on the conference call. But um, as I was looking at the um, Hangout, I was like, ooh, this is, this is kind of interesting. And then just today I saw an article on um, how to use Google Plus Hangout for other you know business reasons, et cetera. And then I started thinking, you know, it's a good thing um, Storm is not worried about his sharing his voice. Because I'm like, yeah, we could do Google Plus Hangouts. Storm could have a cute picture of his cat. Uh, <laughs> could hear his voice. 
Um, just like on the radio, um, I could be flashing my red and orange hair and um, and showing off candles. So um, doing kind of like a candle class. Now you can only have nine people in the in the Google Voice thing, but then you can record it. So I thought that was kind of exciting. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, but then I was laughing, going. You know, could you imagine if you were, like, agoraphobic with your voice, too, not just leaving your house and what you look like? Yeah. Um, that that you would be kind of fakakata. You'd, you'd, you wouldn't be able to um, even do this. So I'm just having that weird thought today. Well, I have no problems with my uh, with my voice, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you're getting my evil buddy laugh. And I am not so agoraphobic anymore. <laughs> I leave the house all the time now. Nobody can keep me at home. <laughs> I know. That's so awesome. <laughs> so it's uh, it's going much, much better. Um, yes. So what's been going on over at Coventry? Anything fun? Um, keeping up with holiday orders. Yeah, we have a lot of it. Speaking of which, next month we're going to be moving into um, uh, Halloween on Keep It Magic. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about the dead all month long in some way or another. Um, uh, uh, so make sure that you guys tune in for those shows, because Jackie and I are going to talk about Samhain, and we're going to talk about um, Sam Hain, which is a totally different holiday, and Halloween, which is a totally different holiday. No, just joking. Um, we're going to be what talking... Confused between Samhain and Samhain, you know, normal people do not understand how S A M H A I N becomes Samhain. Yeah, I'm with you. It's some Welsh time. thing. It's some Welsh mispronunciations. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. So you know, they'll. It's just going to be Halloween next month. So Jackie and I are going to talk about some really, you know, kind of cool stuff, and mm-hmm. I'll get Jackie to do some pumpkin magic at some point or another. So uh, there's lots be, of pumpkin magic. Is there really? Pumpkins are sacred to Oshun. And um, she's a goddess of beauty and wealth and stuff within the Yoruban traditions, and so pumpkins are sacred to her. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk about Oshun um, next month, so that'll be pretty interesting as well. Uh-huh. Um, and we are in Jackie the last day before the Day of Atonement, which is also com- called Yom Kippur. Right. Uh, you know, which the interesting thing about the Day of Atonement for me, mm-hmm. is that that word atonement, when you break it down, it's at one meant. Right, in its English version. In its English version. And uh, and basically what the particular holiday represents, it, you know, for, for people that are just interested in the Malkut surface base level. Uh, of course, you know, uh, tradi- traditional um, Judaism and some uh, Christianity um, see it as the day that, you know, you're you're miserable and you don't bathe and you don't eat and you don't drink and you don't do any of this stuff. Um, and they don't look at it basically from uh, the energetic and or spiritual perspective. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you suffer that day and basically by suffering that day you're, you know, uh, sins from the past year are removed and, you know, you can go on and be a miserable person the rest of the year and make up for it next year um, <laughs> on the well, Day of Atonement. And the Day of Atonement, you said that the people that are concerned with the Melkut-type energy, which Melkut is the lowest sphere on the Tree of Life, and that is the sphere of the earthly realm. The 1% realm, yeah. The the 1%, you know, Storm calls it the 1% realm because the rest of it is beyond our... um, 
beyond our immediate sensory input. And um, so we live in Milkoot. So right now you're in front of your computer typing on your, you know, keyboard or whatever. Typing on your Milkoot. Typing on your Milkoot. <laughs> and, and that's really... Um, when you're, you know, it's funny when you're when you're working with the Tree of Life, when you're working with Kabbalah, um, you look down upon Melkut, so you always have to bring yourself down to it. But once you open your si- open your eyes, and you're back into the waking world, yes, you're all about Melkut. You're in Melkut, so then you have to reach higher um, um, out of it. So I just find that that an interesting thing, and and to talk about, just make sure we're not. We're not like skipping over an important fact. Going, what? What the hell's Malkut? What is well, tobacco? The, What's going on? The thing about Malkut is, is that a lot of people do. You know what I find when they are um, looking at things uh, when they don't understand it and they look at it from a kabbalistic perspective, mm-hmm. they see it as this, you know, bad thing. Um, and it's not bad. Um, uh, in fact, you know, Malkut is the manifestation, basically, of the upper world into mm-hmm. physical form. Right. It's everything that you've been, you know, bubbling up in your own personal spiritual cauldron here. Yeah. So, so basically, it is the manifestation level or the uh, uh, the results level of what has been going on um, in the upper world. In your spirit, in in your akashic records, in um, your thoughts and your intentions and your connections with the divine and the blocks to those connections and all that other happy jazz. Now, the interesting thing is that what happens tomorrow is that Malkut and the six sephirot, which are called the Aronpin, okay, um, are removed completely. They go away, and we're left with three, um, Keter, Chokma, and Bina. Which um, are the top three. Yeah, and Bina becomes known as Upper Malchut. Um, so basically what occurs is that we're now able to go in and correct those upper seeds and to kind of tweak them a little bit in order so that the next day when the other Sephira open back up, they pour down in an uncorrupted way. Um Interesting. Yeah. So this so, is so we've been talking about I was I was jotting that down just so you know. So we've been talking about this month in in um the whole month of September as we're talking about food and and um yeah. the spiritual aspects of it. I, I find it really interesting that I decided I wanted to talk about food for the month of September and this is also during the time of um uh Rosh Hashanah, Kippur, uh-huh. and, and before Rosh Hashanah, which is the Teshuvah, um, going through that process. I love synchronicity because, really, all of this process is about um, sustaining yourself with the light. Yes. I mean, not saying that you don't have to eat, too, but I'm talking about your um, feeding your soul with the light, the light being divine. And, and the fact that, you know, food becomes... I think we said it on the show, food is, what food is, is when you consume food, it is to create energy to bring in the light. Yeah, when you when you convert it into light, yeah. When you convert it into light. And and this is whole, this has been fascinating about how, how this is all interconnected because um, if we go to that place where we eat from, 
spirit, say, versus gluttony or addiction or any of those things. It just changes the game 100%. And um, I'm just, this is just, this is awesome to me because we, what you're doing with Yom Kippur is all the work that you did earlier on with the Teshuvah, with the Rosh Hashanah, with, with figuring out what your picture for the next year. And I got to tell you, I was getting phone calls across the board about people having rough days yesterday. Yeah. Is that normal? It, the What happens between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur is that the little bitty parts of our movie that are unresolved, Mm-hmm. Begin to pop up. Um, uh, so you know, uh, I, I started noting the little crises that I was having between Rosh Hashanah and um, Yom Kippur in regards to um, uh, uh, you know the personal uh, the issues that I'm working on, which mm-hmm. is um, uh, approval addiction. But uh, basically. Um, you know, and, and I had an experience earlier in the week in which I had to uh, deal with um, a particular individual that is um, uh, not real kind. Okay, and as and it was something that I had to deal with. And at the same time, you know, my normal tendency, Jackie, would be to kind of vacillate in people, please. Uh-huh. Um, and basically, uh, you know, from the beginning of the phone call, I had listed down the particular things before I even made the phone call. Uh-huh. I listed down the particular things that I wanted to discuss and where it was that I stood on these particular issues, okay? Mm-hmm. And I really didn't even give the particular um, uh, pathway, basically, for the Satan really to enter in uh, uh, to the conversation. And and where I noted on the, on the piece of paper is the areas that I was having difficulty dealing with, I kind of highlighted on the piece of paper, just so that I would know in my head the areas that I, you know, that I need to make sure that I remove that completely on Yom Kippur. So, if you wrote out your personal script on Rosh Hashanah of what Uh you want your movie to be like next year, and you noticed over the last 10 days, certain things that were popping up, whether it is um, business worries or concerns or financial worries and concerns or eating worries or concerns or you break out in an illness or um, <laughs> anything. I do you. <laughs> you know, these are the things that you're going to want to edit out next year yeah. <laughs> from your from your script entirely. Um, you know, so on, tomorrow on Yom Kippur, um, uh, light yourself up a candle, and I'm going to go into in just a second the whole reason why candles are so important on Yom Kippur. They, uh-huh. It is... Besides um, Hanukkah, on Yom Kippur, it is um, the most important time, except for Shabbat also. We light them on Shabbat, but um, uh, to, to light a candle, and that there's a reason, and I'll explain that in a second. But sit down and light your candle, okay, preferably one that you can get at CoventryCreations.com, <laughs> um, <laughs> where we have plenty of candles for whatever problem or concern that you have. <laughs> um, and, uh, they, and I have boxes and boxes and boxes of them, so, uh, you know, I have plenty of them. Um, so, you know, light light a, a candle and then go in and edit out um, anything, you know, sit and journal about what has come up over the period of the past 10 days, okay? Then take your original script and rewrite it. Um, again, because you may not have included, usually what I find, Jackie, is that I omitted something. Yep. 
And that's what I need to go in and add in regards to the situation. And, you know, the, the Satan is tricky. He likes to confuse us, and he wants to, uh, to um, uh, you know, us to forget about something because he wants to teach us lessons. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, you can just, you know, the good thing about the light is that it will provide us with insight into uh, seeing what those are. So um, the reason, there's two things that are important for Yom Kippur, and one is called Sweetening harsh judgment, um, and basically, where in Elul, if you remember, Jackie, um, the month of Virgo, what it is that we talked about for the whole month um, is, uh, you know, getting rid of vows, working on things that you have regrets over, mm-hmm. you know, all of this other stuff, and we cancel the vows um, during that particular particular time period, the vows that we made. Right. Yom Kippur is canceling the vows that the light has made. And basically, remember that this is the day of judgment. So by participating in this particular energy, all of the corrupted seeds, and this is the reason why the lower sephirot disappear, all of those corrupted seeds, okay, are able to be fixed. And the vows that have been created against you because of your own actions and cause and effect Mm -hmm. um, are removed, eliminated, wiped out. Wow. So, and and you know, this happens whether you participate or not, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. Well, thank goodness we have this because you know when sometimes you're up against a lot. <laughs> where I think where I think that it's really um, important, and this is the thing that I think that. It's why I take this day significantly. There is only one day out of the year that the the, the light has an appointment with you, uh-huh. and that's on Yom Kippur. Now, you're going to make your appointment if you're going to go to your nail salon or your hair salon or your shoe fitting or uh, your voice coach or uh-huh. you know any number of workshops that you go to or a dinner date or things of that nature. You're going to keep your appointment. Uh-huh. Um, the light is only asking for one day. Um, so basically, I think taking five minutes out of your day on Yom Kippur, basically to have that appointment with the light, to have that conference with the light, uh-huh. um, and what it is that you get is um, uh, a lot of energy in any form of uh, difficulties you've been going through cleaned out, um, do it. Um, now, Put it in your Google calendar and set an yeah. alarm for it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, between 10 and 10.30, you're going to visit with all <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, it. That's, that's really, that's, that's a profound and interesting statement, and that's so hard for a vast majority of people to do. Why do you think of, that is? Because I just was thinking in my head, oh, my God, I've got so much to do tomorrow, and I'm getting ready to go over. Because I'm going to Journeys of Life um, this weekend in Pennsylvania, and I'm going to be doing uh, readings and workshops. So am I. And um, so I have I have some stuff to review, pack the car, blah 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 blah, and and um, I have some some meetings, some stuff to follow up with here at, at Coventry, and and I'm like, but wait a minute, wait a minute, hang on a minute. Um, I can spend my morning, I can spend my morning doing this mm-hmm. without without worries. So it was just a matter of oh. That that um, I like the way you put it because I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to that. And then when you said, 
You have only one day. Five minutes, that's all you need. One day. Yeah. And and I think, but, but more than that, the reason why that's so interesting is it is, in this 21st century, it absolutely is our American nature to, um, in our, within our culture, to be too busy for ourselves. We we talked about this so much last year, and um, and there's that that stigma that goes both ways. Uh-huh. There's stigma of why aren't you busier? You know, you you have a lot to do. There's success. There's drive, 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 drive. And then on the flip side of that is um, once you are getting busy and you, and you start to to um, um, need to have meetings, et cetera, et cetera, you start to feel that success, then you get the flip side of the coin, which is, oh, too busy for us now, huh? So so there's there's the, the damned if you do, damned if you don't, uh-huh. flip sides of the coin. But whenever I have someone in front of me, um, more likely than not, you know, for reading, more likely than not, there's an issue of them being too busy for themselves. Yeah, it, it it is very, you know, one of the things that I've been making, you know, um, a concerted uh, effort in, in regards to my life, is trying to bring some form of uh, a balance in. You know, what I notice um, about me is that work is my safe zone. Uh-huh. I feel very, very comfortable doing it. You know, I, I'm very good at it. You know, I can sit and write articles for days. Um, uh, I can sit and do readings for days. Um, uh, play is very, very difficult for me, okay? And, you know, I will, at this point, and, mainly, and the reason I do this mainly is because um, uh, I, I think that if you let somebody in enough to be accountable in some way, it helps to kind of push you forward. So when I schedule something, and Jackie can attest to this, when I schedule something or I'm going to go do something, I will text Jackie and say, oh, you know, I'm going to go out with uh, my uncle you know, tonight or something of that nature. Um, but, you know, I have been working in more circumstances in which I enjoy, and I will tell you, it is hard, 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 hard. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, okay, my big script for Rosh Hashanah, which then I'm going to tweak tomorrow, for um for Yom Kippur after I replant those seeds is um is about having a balance in life. Uh-huh. Is about having time for me, being in a place of a calm center, um that um that you know, really working on the money and the food issues in my life saying how money is a natural result from enjoying life at a pure and non ego driven level. Uh-huh. And that's um, and being able to reflect light into people's lives, um, not be the light in somebody's life, but reflect the light into people's lives, so I can see their light reflected back to me. And so, with that being with that being said, you know that 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 was a, that was one of those moments of, oh, yeah, that's the point of my script, uh-huh. is to take the time. Um, is really to take the time for self. Um, because without the self, without that connection you have with the divine, you kind of you kind of got nothing. Yeah. Um, it's how you you have something. Absolutely, there's plenty of people who have lots of things, but it's hollow. <laughs> and then and then I see them searching for 
what it is that's going to fill it. And that can come in a variety of ways. It and really can. It, it, it really, really can. The one thing that I have, we, we have to go to our break in just a second, but the one thing that I do have to state is that all of this is um, extremely new stuff for you. Um, and uh, I think that you uh, have shown an enormous, uh, amount of effort in regards to looking at um, uh, you know yourself and looking at these inner issues in a very very deep way, um, you know that a, a, a lot of people just avoid. So I just want to you know take my my hat off to you because these are some very um, uh, d- difficult concepts, and I think that people for the most part don't want to look at their their inner junk. It, we don't. It's hard. Um. And it's hard to, and it's also hard to look at your own inner junk when you could potentially be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to be wrong. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing that this has opened up the door for me. It's not that I'm converting at this point. Yeah. I'm experiencing. I'm. I'm. Well, you I, don't convert. To come on. <laughs> okay. Well, you know. You know, you still stay a witch, Jackie. <laughs> okay. I just learned. And You're a Catholic witch. You still are still a Catholic witch. <laughs> uh, the thing that that I mean not converting to Judaism. So, but the thing that I'm learning about um well, first of all, I think religion is beautiful. Even Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Um at its core beautiful connecting you to the light um sense. But here's what I'm learning about in in looking at the Jewish um traditions and I was just conversing with Dorothy about this and uh Dorothy Morrison. I think in the pagan wheel of life, or wheel of the year, excuse me, wheel of the year, we're missing out on a big thing that people don't talk about, which is like like with the whole thing about Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, the whole thing is also connected to the time of uh, Maybon uh, or or the uh, autumn equinox, which we mm-hmm. just Well, this is about here's what you did all year, here's what you have to atone for, Here's what you need to rewrite for next year. It's it's here's what you harvested. Here's looking at the harvest, going, ooh, I could have done that better. And here's making a new plan for next year. Uh-huh. And and so I think we miss that in the pagan traditions of the um, um, of of looking at that. We just look at that very very um, agriculturally versus within the spirit. Uh-huh. And so I'm really kind of playing with a little bit of that. I'm, and, of course, I'm even picking your brain on... Well, know. you can bring that sex thing on back, you know, um, uh, uh, in regards to... Uh, one of the things that I um, notice a lack of in paganism, I'll probably get hate mail for this, but one of the things that I notice a lack in in regards to uh, uh, to paganism is that they have all of these cyclical types of... Uh, of uh, Sabbaths and E-Sabbaths and all of this other stuff. And although the, I see, you know, let's light this candle and let's light, light that candle and, you know, let's... Honor this, this, this energy, honor this deity. But but I don't see any inner work, basically, right. that goes along with it. We have to take a break. We do, we do. Um, Relate. Relate, I tell we're, you. We're, we're, we're 60 seconds late. <laughs> do not touch that dial. Jackie and I will be back in a flash. And here is a little bit of fun. Some nights I stay up catching in my padlock. Some nights I call it a talk. Some nights I wish that my 
Welcome back to Keep It Magic, everybody. And it is currently 4.36 p.m. here on the East Coast. Cruise on over to our sponsor at www.keepitmagic.com. Again, that's www.keepitmagic.com. Um, we will be getting to the weather forecast in just a couple of minutes. Jackie, I get all of these. It's the thing that I get the requests for the most that people want me to do is the weather. I mean, I'm starting to feel like, you know, the weather channel. <laughs> Well, it's been so weird, and we don't know what to expect. And somebody did note that during our last um, web weather little weather forecasting, I had to talk about lubricating my vocals, and of course they have to go to a dirty place there in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> you went to the dirty place. No, they went to the dirty place. I said ew. Okay. And then you said Astroglide, so <laughs> we went to the dirty place. We went to the dirty place. They only followed up. We don't need any help in going to the dirty place. Yeah, exactly. Um, but what they stated is that during the last weather forecast, I stated that I was really concerned about New Orleans um, during uh, uh, the summer cycle because of the fact that it may be affected via a hurricane, and it is the only city so far this year that has been hit by a hurricane. So uh, I will do the weather forecast in just a couple of minutes, but we're going to do actually the whole Libra Ingress. But, um, Jackie, there's a couple of things that I thought that you would be interested in in regards to, just to wrap up the little bit on Yom Kippur. Okay, go ahead. Um, the thing in regards to candles is basically the purpose behind it. And it's very interesting because basically what um, the Kabbalists teach is that when you light a candle on Yom Kippur, basically every physical action that we that we have or that we make um, in the world, you know, if you get up in the morning and you uh, you know go and make your breakfast, there's something in the it's corresponding to some form of a reaction, basically in the upper world. And when you light the candles on Yom Kippur with the particular consciousness, meaning what petition or your particular intent to connect to that particular energy in the upper world. Um, we arouse it and draw that spiritual light into our lives, basically, which I think is interesting because the two of us have talked about candles and that the lighting of the candle is the drawing of the particular light from um, from the light into the wick, and the candle is actually the body. Right. Well, here's how um, I see candles working, and I and I see a lot of tools working this way, but very specifically candles, is that when you set your intent in uh-huh. this medium of candle, because it's been it takes all of the elements to create it, so it's been created from earth, air, water, and fire. So um, now this has been created in balance and you set your intent in it. So what you're doing is you're creating a bridge between you and the intent. And you light it, and you bring the light down to it. You bring, um, you ask the, the divine, the light, to bless this intent to make it happen. Well, what's the first thing that happens when we start making a change um, and start growing is we butt right up against our blocks, our fears, our satan, all that stuff. So it maintains... So and and if we're only if we're trying to do this only by ourselves, we go oh no it's too hard never mind I'm out. Uh-huh. 
So um, when I use the candle, it holds the intent for me. So when I am freaking out, <laughs> and I'm saying, no, forget this, it's too hard, it maintains that intent for me, especially if I if I ask it to do that job. So it's bringing the light down. Because the light comes down, and, and it can even surround your block, but if you are so invested in that block or that fear or that short circuit, then you can't see the light. I love your definition. It's uh, uh, it, it's great and uh, quite um, along the lines of uh, Kabbalah. Uh, there's a question, Jackie. If you use crystals between candles, will it amplify the intent? Absolutely, crystals help you hold that space. And when you align all of your tools, if you're adding crystals to it, or herbs, or even um, papers, you know that you would that you want to that help define your intent. The whole thing becomes one one big thing. So yes, crystals definitely um can amplify the energy of the candle. Um I do it all the time. <laughs> there is also the other thing that you do on Yom Kippur, which I think is just absolutely fascinating and you're gonna love this, um, is that there is the burning um of incense. Okay. And in both the Torah and the Talmud, there's 11 different uh, herbs and spices uh, that were used in the temple, which were called Keterich. Um, And that these particular herbs and spices pretty much had one purpose, which was to remove the force of death um, from uh, areas of your life. Now, Okay, say that again. Wait. To remove the force of death. From every area of your life. And that's what the purpose of the incense is. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it is, basically what it states is that, you know, when you use, uh, where I have defined the clipa, which is little uh, pockets of negativity, uh-huh. uh, that basically when you use the incense on Yom Kippur, basically what you're doing actually is that you're lighting, you, you know, that you're diffusing those particular clipot, um from holding any more force. Now, the particular incense, and you don't have to burn all of them, just burn some of them, um, that you burn on Yom Kippur, um, if you burn all of them, you create a particular code which is called tetragrammaton. Um, Okay. That's where that comes from. Yeah. And it is the one day of the year that you're actually allowed to use pure tetragrammaton oil. They don't let you use it on any other day. Otherwise, there can be harsh consequences. (laughs) Um, Number one is balsam. Number two is clove. Number three is galbanum. Number four is frankincense. Five is myrrh. Six is cassia. Seven is spikenard. Eight is saffron. Nine is costus. Ten is a sandalwood. And nine is cinnamon. Okay. So, <laughs> so well, those are the um, those are the main ingredients for almost any uh, incense. It's fascinating. Yeah. So the uh, these are well they have been passed down probably from since you know five thousand years of burning this stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but basically, what it does is that it allows us to um, crack those particular um, vessels. So if you're going through a particular area of your life in which you're experiencing a death, and whether it be the death of your finances or the death of your business or um, your health isn't going well, things of this nature, by lighting these particular incense while you're doing your particular intent, basically what that will do is to help break break that particular um, 
force of death, basically, in regards to your life. So what I love about this is that, number one, I don't think that necessarily for those pagans out there that are, you know, rushing to get, you know, 15 million incense, um, <laughs> you know, they're rushing to the incense, man. Um, rituals, I think, um, partially are important, okay? On one side of it, Jackie, my logical mind uh, states that you don't really need any of it. Um, so I think that as long as you connect to the light force of the creator and you work on these issues, I do think that that is enough. The other side of me, though, um, really likes the particular ritual of doing particular forms of actions because I think that if you do things with movement, it tends to connect you on a deeper level and in a non-robotic way. Okay. All right. I, I agree with you. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> because um, what ritual does is it takes you outside of your comfort zone. That's the first thing it does. Your comfort zone is your everyday. It's your waking life. It's your getting up in the morning, driving to work, doing your thing, blah, 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 blah. It's, you know, having a gallon of ice cream at the end of the day. Whatever your comfort zone is, the ritual takes you outside of it so that you're stripped bare. And then you are free of those things so then you can start doing your work. Yeah. And um, with and that, that's kind of how how ritual would would work with it. So yeah, so it takes you out of that robotic response to to life and into uh, um into a um a deeper response. Now, I am not a fan of ceremonial ritual. Uh-huh. I mean, there's there okay, there's a kind of ritual that that becomes robotic, which is the chop wood carry water and then that 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 frees up it like frees up your um keeps your left brain busy so your right brain can just be free. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's another kind of ritual which says, okay, now don your silver lame robe with your athme and your wooden spoon and call it a day. And and that's not, I, I'm not a big fan of that, but what I am a fan of is saying, okay, I'm going to stop my moment, um, stop the insanity of this moment, go sit in a chair in the corner, and do a couple of ritualistic things to get myself out of my comfort zone, which was in that insanity, and into a different place. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the long version. That's the long answer for you. Yeah. Well, a ritual that I have in regards to cleaning out negative energy and, and grounding is I like to, for about 10 to 15 minutes, Jackie, just do some simple form of, uh, of movement while I feel myself reconnecting, basically. Um, uh, for me, physical exercise helps to ground me. Um, so, uh, you know, I will do that in regards to getting back in my body. And, I, you know, I, I have tweeted uh, any form of, uh, of advice that I give in regards to uh, rituals or how to connect to, um, uh, to spirit or, or the light in any capacity. I always tell people to create their own particular method of, of doing it because I think that the more personal it is, um, uh, the better that it's going to be for you, basically. Um, now, let's close up Yom Kippur and go into the weather. Okay. Okay. Right away, if you live on the West Coast and you live in California, I am the most concerned about you. Okay. Um, 
the Saturn line, Jackie, goes from Denver, Colorado, all the way to San Francisco. And the Saturn line has to do with uh, destructive weather forces. Um, I, because of the fact that this, we're, the season that we're in is autumn, this is the period that they get their Santa Ana winds and all of their um, fires start oh. as a result of it. Okay. These are going to be extreme Santa Anas um, that are going to occur as a, a result of the Saturn influence going on from there. Detroit from – let me go to the East Coast first. The East Coast, here's what you're going to have. Oh, Lots. leave me hanging. Give leave me the D word, and then you go to – no, go, get, go to the East Coast. That can wait. Yeah, that can wait. Um, the East Coast, at some point during the season, I'm leaning more towards – it could be a, a, a late hurricane, okay? But I'm more leaning towards an early season nor'easter. Um, and that this will cause flooding and that there will be an enormous amount of moisture during this particular period. Um, so, so um, I'm really concerned about the weather patterns that are going to occur on the East Coast. It may be the beginning of a very, very early winter. Um, but here is the thing. It's also where I'm a little bit more concerned about the flooding, okay, is that if it was just cold in winter and snow, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about a bunch of snow and a bunch of melting, um, which can, of course, result in, in, in flooding. So the East Coast, you really need to be very, very careful um, in regards to floods at this point. Uh, you know, go around your house and look around, and if there's anything that you need to kind of shore up a little bit, or if you have a cellar that tends to flood or anything of that nature, make sure to uh, basically prepare for that, because I do think that there will be problems with that at right. some point um, during the, the fall months. Make sure you have your flood insurance. Detroit. Detroit. Wet. It's going to be wet. Um, it's going to be a rainy fall. Um, uh, and it's also going to be, the temperatures are going to be a little bit above average. And I think that until November, that there's going to be straight through the middle part of the country from Detroit, straight down through um, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, mm -hmm. there's going to be kind of a really more active thunderstorm period and possibility for derechos um, to occur. And a derecho is considered, you know, the, the, it's an old Indian term, which I have no clue what it means. But um, basically, uh, meteorolog meteorolo meteorologically, meteorologically, um, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> Um, basically, it's like a land hurricane, so there's going to be lots of storms, um, things of this particular nature through the fall months as well. So kind of keep uh, uh, your eyes on that. So, um, And that's for the fall, yeah. the autumn. Yeah, for the autumn months. Um, uh, there is a little bit of um, concern that I have uh, in regards to parts of Mexico in South America, that there may be an earthquake um, in that particular area. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, you know, I think that it's going to be a little bit of above average temperatures during the fall and um, wet. For the east and the mid part of the country, west, very dry, um, very uh, windy, um, extreme Santa Ana's, and be very, very careful because these are fires. 
interesting. So hot on one side, wet on the other. Yeah. Juice is the way it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be interesting. Now, let's go to the English chart, which I'm going to be able to talk about a little bit more. English. In- English about the English. Yeah, English about the English. Um, where do you want to start, Jackie? What do you want to talk about? Well, what's, no, first of all, describe again what the English chart is. Okay, the English chart is there's four seasons of the year, uh-huh. and there's four cardinal signs, which are Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn, that when the sun moves into those particular signs, we have the first day of spring, the first day of summer, the first day of fall, the first day of winter, right. and we can cast an astrology chart for that particular moment, and it will define, based upon a given location, um, what the likelihood of events are going to be um, concerning all matters of life, because the astrology chart, of course, will describe everything, um, in regards to that particular season. What is the trend? What is the likelihood? Okay, so this is not weather at this point. This is happening in the world. Yes. Okay. You know what I want to know about? What? I want to know about... um, the ramifications of uh, killing the um, of the radicals killing um, the ambassador and the aides. Okay, let's look. Take a look at um, open enemies, uh-huh. which is the seventh house. Taurus is on the seventh house cusp. Okay, and its ruler is Venus. Okay, Venus is at 17 degrees of Leo. They're in square. So basically, there's going to be a lot of conflict. Um, that's going to come up out of this particular situation. I don't think that people are going to necessarily know basically how to how to handle this circumstance, mainly because of the fact that we're in an election year, uh-huh. and they're not going to want to appear too um, uh, jerky okay. um, in regards to the situation. My feeling here is, is that with this being 15 degrees of Taurus, I don't think much is going to be done. Okay, because there was still there was growing... Um, other protests and stuff. So. Yeah, well, the growing other protests, okay, um, are going to be something that is going to continue, okay? Um, but I don't think that technically, like, militarily um, uh, or that there's going to be any form of direct action in this season. Now, there may I haven't looked at the next season, um, okay. but it's not showing any form of direct action during this season. All right. Um, elections. Um, that's in this season. It's okay. November. This is a little bit. This is always a little bit tricky because elections in the United States are always in November, and it's always in the Libra Ingress. Um, and the Sun, which represents the president, um, is always in its fall in the Libra Ingress. So. We have to look at a, a couple of different things. The main thing that we have to look at is the planet Saturn, okay, which is uh, the co-ruler of Aquarius and what's going on with it, or the opponent, okay? Mm-hmm. Saturn is at 28 degrees of Libra. It's going to move into an anoretic degree, which is 29 degrees. And basically, it's in the last two degrees of a sign. Guess what this means? Bye-bye, Mitt Romney. See you later. Nice knowing you. Okay, you, I, but you jumped from, and then the miracle happened, and I don't understand all the other stuff <laughs> in between. Okay. The sun in Libra, okay, represents uh-huh. the president, okay? okay? 
the Sun in Libra is always there. Okay, so we have to look at um, the opponent, which is Aquarius or the ruler Saturn. Okay? okay, what is the position that that Saturn is in? Okay, Saturn is in the last degree of a sign, meaning okay. it's at the end of its rope. Okay. Well, yeah, that's true. That's kind of what's going on. Bye, bye, Mitt Romney. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder. Do you think it's going to be um, a big margin or a small margin? My feeling here is is that Mitt Romney is going to have a lot of a, a lot of significant trouble in Florida and. Um, uh, and Ohio, that I don't think that he necessarily anticipated. If he does not win, there's three states that he has to win. He has to win Virginia. He has to win Florida uh-huh. or Ohio. If he does not, it's game over. And uh, I, go uh, ahead. Um, Dorothy wanted me to ask you. Sure. Um, she was getting a hit on the fact that it might be um, – one of those um, being janky with the electoral electoral college and with the votes mm-hmm. and and recount this and recount that and where it might be a month or or a significant amount of time before an election can be called. That may be true because of the fact that Mercury does go retrograde on the evening of the election. The last time that Mercury went retrograde on the evening of an election was in 2000, and we ended up having to wait 38 days to find out who the president was. Right. Interesting. Um, It's very, very possible that that there could happen again, okay? Uh Um, Basically... Because they're really trying to mess with with the ability to vote. Yeah. Basically, what the Ingress chart is basically stating, though, is that um, and, of course, as we get closer to the election, the show before the election, I'll do the Dixville-Knox chart, and we'll look at that, um, uh, which Dixville-Knox is basically where um, voting begins in the United States, so we can cast a chart and look at it. And Jackie and I are on the air on Election Day, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be able to talk about the election um, uh, for you guys on that but day. But we're not going to well. be on the air all day. Just, just no, off. we're not going to be the Rachel Maddow show, although we wish we were. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they got paid Rachel Maddow money. So, yeah, and we were getting the Rachel Maddow money. Um, okay, so more things on the Ingress chart is our economy. The economy. Um, it's going to be rough. Uh, first of all, I am very, very concerned that another banking crisis is going to come up. I think it will come up after the election. Uh-huh. I think they're hanging on to it until after the election. Yeah. Um, Jupiter. Because it would look bad for Republicans. Yeah. Jupiter is in the eighth house. The eighth house has rules banking, okay? And also, Jupiter is the only aspect that it's making positively is a trine to Mercury in this particular chart. My feeling here is, is that commerce itself will begin its particular process of increase, okay? But it looks as though to me that there's going to be another hit in regards to the banking um, industry, which will make us go through another slowdown and another complication um, overall. But I do feel that we're moving into this very, very slow process of crawling out, which is going to take until about 2015. Yeah, that's the date I had, too, 2015. Yeah. Um, 
I think they've been hanging on to a lot of houses. Yeah. Um, that they've not been putting on the market. And the interesting thing about the, the housing circumstances, the fourth house, has Neptune in it. Okay, Neptune... <laughs> is hidden. Secrets. Neptune is delusions. Delusions, It's, it's yeah. things that are hidden, secrets, um, all kinds of stuff. So, you know, that is... Uh, and because of the fact that it's in an angle, okay, um, it means that there's going to be something about the housing industry that's going to come out as well, especially since Neptune rules the fifth house of the news. <laughs> That's, interesting. That's interesting. So we have to take a break. That's the weather in the English. Jackie's going to cook on the other side <laughs> of the particular break. This is going to be interesting. Uh, <laughs> so do not touch that dial. You're listening to Keep It Magic. Here's Florence in the Machine. Well.
And welcome back to Keep It Magic, everybody. It is currently 5.04 p.m. here on the East Coast. That means it's 2.04 p.m. on the West Coast and every single hour in between. Cruise on over to our sponsor at www.coventrycreations.com. Again, that's www.coventrycreations.com. And that's also where you can schedule a consultation with Jackie for an Akashic Records healing. or So we'll get your Akashic Records or a psychic radio, whatever you want to do with Jackie, she'll do it with you, um, <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> okay, I'll do everything promises. with you. you know? <laughs> I'm not as picky. Uh, cruise on over to www.storinsestivani.com. That's my website. And also check out our website at keepitmagic.com. Just to let you know, next month at Coventry, um, don't the Day of the Dead candles or the... Yeah, the Day of the Dead candles come out. The Day of the Dead candles come out, and so, uh, you know, tons and tons. And ghost um, candles are on special right now at Coventry Creation. So what are? Ghost candles. Ghost candles. Yeah, you can get lots of ghost candles. Um, especially the ones that are, like, ghost quiet. <laughs> oh, that's... Because <laughs> they're, they're loud this time of year. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> the ghosts are like running around all the time. We'll be talking about them all next month. I'm sure they're bound to pop up. So, um, uh, they're asking about South Africa um, in the chat room. Uh-huh. Um, I don't have time to pull up the uh, the English chart uh, to do that, but I will make sure that I look at it uh, for the month of Capricorn. I've already written that down. So, if you have a country that you want me to take a look at, you can email. Um, where do we send our media stuff to? I forget. Um. Um, keep it magic at gmail.com. Keep it magic at gmail.com, and they will send the message over to. Oh, I hope that's yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> keep it magic at gmail.com. It is, um, and also if you want us to appear on a show of yours, keep it magic at gmail.com as well. Um, Jackie, let's cook. I'm excited. Let's cook now. Make me some spaghetti. This is okay. Well, that's a little bit of a love spell right there. Just so you know, spaghetti is a love spell. It absolutely can be a little bit of a love spell. Okay, what goes into spaghetti? Tomatoes. Okay. Well, that um, tomatoes are um, are uh, a nightshade, so they can absolutely be used for love as well as manipulation. Basil. Um, that's cooperation, love, connecting with another person. What else goes into spaghetti? A bay leaf. Bay leaf, um, and that is um, marriage, family. Um, uh, rosemary. That's another one that goes in there, right? Uh-uh. I don't know. Um, oregano? Yeah. Oregano, yeah. Oregano, although it's not in this book of mine. Um, oregano is, is another love family purification um, herb. Garlic? Uh, garlic. Garlic is not necessarily for love, just so you know. <laughs> so, Joe, if you're trying to do a love spell, don't put in the garlic in that but it is, But it is a purification. And what it does is it helps purify your intent and your spirit and what you're doing. And a little red wine in there for love. Um, okay, so so there's a couple of movies I'm sure you have seen. One is Chocolat with Johnny Depp. Never seen it. Never seen it? It's so worth it. Oh, it's a great movie. And the other one is like Water for Chocolate. Never seen it. Both really good movies. You need to. You're required, it's a requirement now. Okay. So these two movies in... Um, the, the heroine of the movie, what she does is she um, does magic through food. So um, in, in Chocolat, a woman comes and buys these chocolate sweets for um, that she's going to share with her husband. 
So she leaves them out for him. And when he comes home, and here she is just scrubbing the house, and he comes up to her and he gives her a good stupid. And uh, and she's very happy, so she comes back for more. Or then this one, this woman starts to um, come out of her shell from the chocolate that this one woman. And so she picks in the movie um, the heroine, and I can't remember her name. She picks the um, special chocolate just for you. Okay, well, j- just for people that know, uh-huh. she's talking about a heroine in regards to a female hero, not heroine in regards to what the drug is. <laughs> Hopefully we know the difference. <laughs> so, so those both in in um like water for chocolate in the uh, in that movie she um she's cooking a wedding feast for her sister. Mm-hmm. Now because she's the second daughter, um she is not allowed to get married. Her job is to take care of her ailing mother, her aging mother. So she falls in love with this one man and. The mom says, no, you can't marry her because she's not to be married because she has to take care of me when I'm old, but you can marry my younger daughter. And um, and he, to stay closer to the woman he loves, he marries the sister. So the, the girl is forced to cook the wedding dinner for everyone, uh-huh. and she's crying while she's cooking it. So at the wedding reception... People are eating and they're crying and they're bawling in there. So, so there's another movie that talks about how much magic and emotion um, goes into cooking. So then, so then, you know, a long time ago when I was um, studying herbs and I was studying for the first time and I was looking at the folklore of them, I started looking at, well, wow, that you know, an apple pie is either a prosperity spell or a love spell. Although I I find it interesting that um, that most herbs that are for love are also for prosperity, mm-hmm. um, like cinnamon and nutmeg. Well, Venus rules love and money. Exactly, exactly. Because I think it's the same stuff. It's the same energy. You just put your intent in there. Mm-hmm. So when you um, you could make like I said an apple pie, or even if you wanted to buy a buy a pre made apple pie, um, but it's much better if you make it yourself. And, and put all the ingredients in it, and put all put some specific intent into it. I mean, everything you need magically is in your kitchen. Uh-huh. If, if you want to use tools, you have your wand, which is your wooden spoon. You have your sword, which is your knife. You have your cup, which is your measuring cup. Um, and you have your fire, which is what you bake it in. Uh-huh. So all of these things. Um, go into every process, so you're cooking with all of the elements, and every herb and everything has is related to the elements. And what's really interesting, and and I wish I had my notes on this from God 20 years ago. I was looking at recipes, and I was aligning the recipe with um, and the and what spices and seasonings go good together, uh-huh. and what element rules them. And I found that a lot of the best traditional recipes um, were, were balanced. We're all balanced in the elements. Interesting. So, and I, and again, I don't have my notes on that, and that's something that would be fun to explore. Um, for instance, making a pot roast. Mm-hmm. Um, making a pot roast with parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. That's about a happy home spell right there. All, nice. All of the pieces and parts are about a happy home love, even fertility, if you look at that. So um, in uh, 
in in hoodoo and conjure work, they uh, they say never let a strange woman make food for you, cook for you, because uh-huh. you never know what she's gonna put in it. She could uh, uh, she could lay a trick on you so that you you're in love with her. She lays a love spell on you. So magic has been a big part of um, big part of food preparation. Always has been um, from making ritual food to um, putting spells in food to healing. I mean, chicken noodle soup or chicken soup, which is something that I need to make for myself. Because I don't think Campbell was putting in the love for me specifically when they were making their chicken noodle soup. <laughs> um, but the the whole process of, if you look at the different herbs and seasonings that go into chicken noodle soup, they do help purify um, the body so as well as magically help purify um and uh and chicken is such a um a symbol of abundance because when you have chickens especially the ones that are laying eggs you're always going to eat when, uh-huh. you, when you put a chicken in the pot that means you have more chickens out there so it's such a symbol of abundance so um and and uh, vitality and stuff so also putting that chicken in the pot is the life force of that chicken is going to you uh-huh. um so it's just it's it's the the whole process of making somebody um some soup or something from or some food when they're ill or when they're grieving um we we talk in emotions with our food too i mean we um even even if you're not cooking we socialize over food there's a lot of magic there yeah so what are your questions what do you want to know about all this stuff okay what do i want to know um a coffee spell Oh, coffee. Well, coffee is is of the ancestors. Okay. Now, you, um, when I am talking to my ancestors or when I'm talking to um, some of my spirits that I work with, I leave for them a cup of coffee because it's specifically for spirits for t- to communicate with them. Um, so you can definitely do that. Coffee is also considered commerce, so coffee beans you can use in prosperity. So when you're grinding it up and you're um, and, and preparing your coffee in the morning, what you're doing is you're ingesting prosperity. You bring in that energy of coffee as a as a commodity. Uh-huh. Think about how much how big of a commodity coffee is. And so just pull all of that energy of that this being a commodity and making people money and all that other stuff. Just pull it all into what you're doing. Um, I was thinking um, I was flipping through a couple of books um, just to. Just to look at, at uh, give some ideas for for the show, and I was like, oh well, let's say you have a day you're gonna you need to speak in front of a lot of people, or uh-huh. you need to ask for a raise, or even um, confront someone. Um, use time. Make sure that you put a little time in in your biscuit, uh-huh. um, or um, put some time in whatever it is you're making uh, for lunch, and and um, and embody that with that energy of eloquence. You need to be able to speak to people. They need to give you a little of their time uh-huh. to um, their attention. Um, eggs. Eggs are a very magical, magical thing. You can bring blessings with eggs. You can um, cleanse with eggs. You can um, fortune tell with eggs. And I think the reason why is because they're still considered a living energy, uh-huh. even though you know nothing's going to be, nothing's going to hatch from that egg. 
But um, one of the things that you can do is you, you take a hard-boiled egg in its shell, and if you write the psalms on it or a prayer or affirmations on it, and then you peel it, you know, before eating it, uh-huh. and then you peel it and eat it, then that, that helps bring that blessing into your body. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. Um, so it's it's um, I, I, this is a, such an exciting thing to talk about, and I when I really think about it, um, and I've been thinking about it a lot lately. When you said the purpose of eating, say again, we said the purpose of eating is the purpose of eating is to convert the food into light, and light being capital L of the divine. Yeah. Um, isn't that perfect? Yeah. So if you are putting your intent your magical intent in the food, and then the purpose of eating is, is to, to convert that energy into light, you are, you're aligning everything, body, mind, and spirit, into that spell. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, can you make a, a spell out of a peanut butter sandwich? Okay. Now, we talked about peanuts before, that there being two of them in there, that they're, they're all, peanuts are also a symbol of fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, of abundance, peanuts can be used for a lot of different things. So, um, a la peanut butter sandwich, you've got um, a prosperity spell right there. Nice. Um, but also, you could, you know, that you know, what I was thinking is peanut butter sandwiches are very filling. Yeah. What you can do is a fulfillment spell, or even a keep your secret spell. Think about that. Because uh-huh. when you have too much peanut butter in your mouth, there's no talking. That's interesting because immediately when you were talking about that, the feeling, okay, I think that a good uncrossing spell would be a, a meal that also include black beans. So you can poop it all out really fast? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be like a perfect uncrossing spell? You know, a cleansing, absolutely doing a cleansing spell and um, eating some um, lentil soup. Uh-huh. It's a wonderful thing, right? Black bean soup. Um, so, you know, you can, you know, there's different things that you can do. Like um, on the chat room, we have someone saying you can mess someone up good by whipping up some eggs into an omelet, too, if that's your intent. So um, to confuse the situation, if you name the egg, so the beginning of that spell would be naming the egg. Herb. Yeah. His name is Herb. This is Johnny Be Good, and um, and you know, et cetera. I'm gonna whip some confusion into you, and I'm gonna eat it up. Well, when it, we the first the first real big food cooking spell that that I've done on a mass scale is is the uh, Fig Newton spell, where I teach people how to empower something, wake up that energy, or bring in the energy to to whatever it is. Um, and invite all that blessing back in, you've got a prosperity spell right there from the figs and the wheat yeah. and the sugar. Um, it, it's all it's all right there. So when you're looking up your, your pieces and parts of, say, okay, this love spell is calling for some basil and some cinnamon and some this and some that, although, you know, I wouldn't put basil and cinnamon in the same dish, but um, think about what you can do in the kitchen, especially if someone's coming over. I mean, if you're if you're having a lot of arguments in the house, cook a meal. Cook a meal that's all about love. 
and and or make a dessert. Everybody loves dessert, right? <laughs> that is uh, th- that is very interesting. One of the spells that I have found um, that is an inbox spell, which is February, February second, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, and basically, what the spell because inbox is the beginning of the first shoots of the oncoming spring. Um, the spell contained, um, what you did is that you made some hamburger jacket and you put in taco seasoning into the hamburger. Uh-huh. Okay. Then you make you some homemade macaroni and cheese and put it into the bottom of like a casserole bowl. Uh-huh. And then you put um, uh, kidney beans or chili beans, whichever, um, and the taco seasoning and a bunch of cheese and jalapeno peppers on top and you bake it. Um and basically what it is supposed to do is to increase the particular energy that is going through your body. Now, I highly suggest you take it with an aspirin because I think that it will also increase your cholesterol. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's really tasty. Right. Right. Oh, here's, here's some more kitchen stuff. I love talking about this one, bergamot. Bergamot is a flavoring that makes Earl Grey tea Earl Grey, uh-huh. and it makes it really good. Well, bergamot is for happiness, love, money, happiness, clearing. And I always like looking at why that works. At why? So, what? Why is bergamot for love, money, and happiness? Well, what it does is it um, helps relieve depression. So, what it does is it helps let the light in. It it um, takes you out of your funk and puts you on the other side of it, at least for a moment. Mm-hmm. And who wouldn't want that in a cup of tea, right? Um, yeah. And it and it relaxes your guard. Let let you go like this. And and so once you get to the other side of your issue, you can look at it from the other direction. You can go, oh, I get what I got to do. Yeah. Not that big of a deal. So if you're in a crisis, no matter what crisis you're in, that's why they sit down with a cup of tea. Give it a little cuppa. Um, but tea itself. Tea is another one that's that is um, it is it's a purative. It's an antioxidant. So what it does yeah. is actually it's going to purify your blood. It's going to heat it up a little bit too. But what it's going to do is purify your system and help bring the, the toxins out. So whatever you're obsessing about, whatever you're upset about, that cup of tea, especially when it's set in the right way, is just going to pull it out of you. It's going to, and that warmth is going to let you relax that obsessive thought. Now, Jackie, why do some practitioners use bergamot and control spells? Why do they use bergamot and control spells? Mm-hmm. I don't know. To be honest with you, maybe it's because um, it's a seed of prosperity. It's um, it's uh, clearing. I don't know. Um, you, it, it's it's a very energetic herb. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. It's a sun herb. It's very very energetic. Very happy. So okay. it's it. But it's on on a. a, a an aromatherapy, it's to calm. Oh, I know why. <laughs> I know why it's using control spell. To bring that other person's resistance down because it helps bring sleep in a relaxed state. Okay. Now that makes sense. Now I understand why. Sometimes it takes me a minute, but eventually I get there. It clears anxiety. So so if you're going to c- control somebody, you need them relaxed. So you can go, yeah, I got this, and, and you can control them. Um uh, celery 
um, is another calming, a mental calm. So, uh, I'm, I'm seeing in the chat room it brings about false happiness, which allows one to be controlled. Well, it can if you set it out. I mean, you can you can set it out that way. Yeah. Um, but I have to tell you, it it helps relieve you of obsessive thoughts too. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah. Really nice. I mean, so you can cook in the kitchen. You can set up all of your, for those of you who like to make sure you bring in all the elements in your cooking, you do already. Just by the process of creating something, of chopping something, mixing it, measuring it, and putting heat to it, you've just added all the elements. So if somebody has a date with somebody that they really like, Jackie, they should get them a come-to-me candle, uh-huh. put that in the middle of their little dinner t- thing and light it up. And make spaghetti. And make spaghetti. <laughs> and, for, and for dessert, an apple pie. And then for breakfast the next morning, <laughs> break a couple of eggs with your name on one and his name on the other and mix them up together so you're all mixed up together. Uh, oh, that might be, and then you may need a morning after pill after that one. But, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe make a little biscuit with some rosemary to. For Jackie, the you'll have to add that to like uh, uh, one of your recipes in regards to a pregnancy spell. I mean, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. that is amazing. We are done. We are. It's always a good time, Storm. I thought we had like a couple more minutes, but we have to do our business. We have to do our business. Make sure that you cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com. If you have a problem in your life, no matter what that problem is, uh, we have a candle for that. So make sure that you check that out. We also have um, the Day of the Dead candles and um, all of the ghosty Halloween candles, which are currently on special over there. So you want to cruise on over and get those while they are hot. Um, uh, and before they go off the shelves, because they will most likely end up being pulled out. So make sure that you get them really, really quick here. To reach Jackie off the air, of course, also go to CoventryCreations.com. Um, to reach me off the air, go to StormSestavani.com. And, of course, you can visit our website at www.KeepItMagic.com. Jackie and I will be back next Tuesday. We're going to be talking about the dead, so you want you will not want to miss that. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, Jackie, what do they need to do? They need to keep it magic. Speak life, everyone. Everybody, see you next week. Some days life feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. So it's crazy, amazing. We can turn our heart through the words we say. Mountains crumble. Every syllable, hope can live or die. So speak life, speak life to the dead and darkest night. Speak life, speak life when the sun won't shine and you don't know why. Look into the eyes of the broken hearted. Watch them come alive as soon as you speak hope. You speak love. You speak. You speak Like I'm drowning in the deep Well it's crazy to imagine Words from my lips as the arms of
words you say Raise your thoughts a little higher 